Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. I am very excited. I have a neighbor, actually a neighbor to both my parents and myself, and I have known her for quite a while. This is Mrs. Karen Pope. Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Good. So I have born and raised in the same house my entire life. So that was 30 some years we were on the same street and your backyard and my parents' backyard kisses or butts up to each other. Right. So when did you guys move in that house? We moved in there 30 years ago. Oh, wow. And didn't your parents move in like 32 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So as long as I was in that house, you were in that house. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So many a backyard party. Uh-huh. Maybe a herd <laughs> over the fence. Oh, sure. <laughs> and that's good. Yeah, yeah, that is. For better or worse, yes. Okay, so what happened was Karen came to my mom and she said, I have an interesting background and experience in hoarding, and I thought it would be a good topic for the podcast. And I thought, hell yeah, that is so interesting and so fascinating and so opposite of my personality. That Absolute I would... opposite. <laughs> she's just seen my house and she's like, yes, this is uh, not... Not what I see. Okay, okay. So we are going to hear about her experience, how she got into this, and hear a little bit of the psychology, philosophy, psychiatry behind the brains of hoarders, maybe, if you can get into that. Yes, yeah, sure. Okay. Tell me about how you started in the business of organization and getting people's lives kind of on track in that respect. Okay. I used to barter um, oh, sure. with, you know, a dear friend of mine is an interior designer and, you know, left brain, right brain. <laughs> I have no design skills whatsoever. And Your so, house is adorable. Oh, so thank I doubt that. you. I, doubt that. I thank you. It looks like a gingerbread house. Just so, <laughs> so cute. Oh, thank you. Um, so I would go over there and I would like organize her bedroom and, you know, go through her closets. And she's always given me permission to tell this story. Her closet the clothes were piled five feet high. And um, we finally got to the bottom of the pile and found a book that said, Organizing the <laughs> Disorganized Person. And, you know, she's given me permission to, to say that. That is so um, funny. But she just needed a jump start. And then she would come over and pick out fabrics or furniture lines for me. Sure. And so then I thought, 
I might as well just get paid for this. Not from her, of course. One of my best friends. But let's try it. And it really took off. And Were uh, your kids young at this point? And you were kind of side hustling? No, they weren't little. Okay. Um, You know, I have... A forty-year-old, so they weren't—they weren't little. I think I started in two thousand five. Okay, and then you know I get bored so easily. So the organization of a home was very rewarding for the customer and for me. Yeah, but you know, like a lot of people, you need more of a challenge. Sure. Um, so I started working with hoarders, and absolutely loved it. Mm. How did you get these particular customers? Sometimes I would get them from psychiatrists from uh, Carl to work with them. And that worked out great. And some people would just call me. And I've always said, the hardest part of having help for a hoarder is making the phone call. Mm. And we don't have to call them a hoarder. They just need really a lot of help. Sure. You know, they have a disorder. Yeah. And I'm good at motivation. And so that's how we started. A lot of people just then call me or word of mouth. Did you know these psychiatrists? How did they get your number in particular? That Karen Pope is the person to go to? I don't know. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I mean, it would be... a a cold call. And then I would jump right on it. I'd rather work with a hoarder than a disorganized person. Sure. Okay. Like kitchens and things like that. Sure. Sure. Okay. So this was kind of taking your business to the next level. Did your business have a name at this point? It was 30 minute wonders. And you know, I just kept it at 30 minute wonders. Yeah. And um even though it might have been over 30 minutes. Oh, it could be <laughs> 6 months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, do you remember your first hoarding client? I do. Okay. That's a good question. I've worked with a lot of professors. Wow. People okay. in education, they love to collect books. Yeah. Papers files. And sometimes, you know, of course, 50% of them are very pertinent to their job, but the other, I have to convince them to let it go or take a picture of it, you know, that kind of thing. But it was a elderly Eastern Illinois professor. Okay. This and, is in town? Uh, Charleston. Okay. 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 And so you were traveling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. yeah. I oh. worked with her six months. Oh, my God. Yeah, a couple times a week. I could hardly get the door open, which just challenges me even more. And um, she wasn't real agreeable to the project. Most of them aren't excited that I'm coming over. Mm. And like I said, the hardest part is getting in the house. Mm. So, Did um, she call you or did someone encourage her? She called me, and okay. but like I said, she was very reluctant. I think um, they would have condemned her house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And this is your first? This is my first hoarding, not my first organizing, but my first. Okay, so yeah. you were into the fire. This was, Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah. okay. I love it. And usually the people that have hoarding tendencies are very nice, open-minded people that know they need help. Okay. But they do have a disorder. Okay. Usually they don't deny that. So there has been some level of acceptance to the point they get to you. Yes. 
that I have a problem and I really need I help. can't move. I mean, there'd be tiny paths to get from one room to the other. So when you knock on her door, she opens it. You push the door open. I had to shove the door because she had so much stuff. And I just take it slow. And usually when I do my organizing, you know, regular homes, I have a helper Mm. that helps me so much. But with people who have hoarding tendencies, I do it alone because they can't watch you know, oh. both people in the house because they're petrified. I might throw something from, she had checkbook stubs from 1962. Wow. And she was deathly afraid that I would throw them out. But I build a trust. And I said, it's not my job to sneak things behind your back. My job is to help you get clutter free and be in a safe home. So her eyes were on you the entire time. In- time. So I can't bring anybody else in because it makes them too nervous. Wow. And it the work just doesn't go anywhere. Okay. So what was your first step with this woman? Was she approachable and kind or pretty cool to you? Uh, she was pretty cool towards me. She felt threatened. Okay. And so the whole core of it mm. is for them to trust me. And like I said, I have no reason to throw things out behind their back. Sure. You know, once I build up that trust, which takes a while, Mm -hmm. um, then they're more at ease. Okay. So did you get a dumpster? Did you get boxes? She didn't want a dumpster in her driveway. Oh my gosh. Because there's a shame. There is. Yeah. There's an embarrassment. She hadn't had anybody in her home for years. And, you know, a very intelligent woman. She was a professor. Right. Um, But, you know, it just isolates them from society. Mm, Okay. So no husband to speak of, no kids to speak of? No. Just her and her stuff? Yes. And again, you're self-trained. Is that right? I am. Okay. Yeah. So this is your first job and it's going to be a big one. Yeah, it is. So you're just building her trust. Yes. And my object was to make the house safe for her. Okay. That she could walk through it without falling. She was, you know, in her later years and I knew she was going to get hurt. Oh my gosh. So we had to make that path that was maybe six inches wide into a larger path where both feet could be at one spot. What was the stuff? Papers and educators, professors, school teachers, librarians. It's always books and papers. I don't work with animal hoarders. You know, that's for the animal control people. I wouldn't do that. If you walked into a house with uh, 200 cats? That's not for me. That's for animal control. And they're the experts in that. You know, I used to work at the Humane Society and I would foster sick animals from hoarders. And, um, you know, that's for the experts on animal care. Okay, so if you went into a house, you would kindly decline and suggest another resource. There were multiple animals. Yes, I would call the animal control department. Okay. One or two animals, is that okay? Oh, sure. Okay, okay. So tell me about this particular elderly woman, how this evolved. And how you got through that? Well, you know, usually people with hoarding tendencies have gone through a trauma Mm. or something that happened to them that they had no control or they lost something. 
Mm. You know, nowadays, most of the depression babies, you know, aren't around. But I worked with a lot of depression babies where they would save newspapers and canned foods that have been expired 15 years because, you know, they grew up in the depression. But I don't see that much anymore. Right. Most of them, unfortunately, have passed on. Meaning have your load been lightened? Like, have you decreased in clients because that generation is gone? That's a good question. Um, No. Okay. (laughs) Especially being in a university town. Yeah. You know, I'd say half of my business is educators. Wow. You know, like the kindergarten teacher that saved 75 empty toilet roll to make a project because her budget in the school was so low, you know, and then she'd start collecting brown bottles and it just grew and grew and grew from that. So the hoarding comes from a lack of resources in one way or another? Something that they lacked in their life. Mm, Okay. And their items protect them. They want to be surrounded by their items because some people have disappointed them. Well, a book is not going to disappoint you. It's going to stay there until you are ready to give it up where family members leave, you know, and she didn't have any family. Yeah. So, um, something traumatic happened to her early. Were you ever able to dive into that? Did you get personal with her at all? Or was it strictly a lot of people bear their soul? They bear their soul. She didn't. Hmm. Um, She was so worried about me and her house, you know, watching every second. But we made a lot of progress. And I don't think she was grateful or pleased, which Mm. is fine. That's not why I'm, I'm there. I'm there to help her. But you could hardly see that I made a dent. No way. In six, six months. So it was six months of you traveling to Charleston twice a week? Right. For the whole day? Um, No, they can't last all day because they have to make so many decisions. And it's not you at the grocery store. Should I have um, hamburgers? Should I have steak? It's things that they've had for 50 years. And can they give it up? So it's very tiring on them. Mm. And they're very exhausted. So maybe if I was lucky, we would go three hours. But at first, you have to go extremely slow. How do you know when to call it a day? With this per- I can tell when they start to tire and they're indecisive. And they're like, I don't know. I just don't know. And then I know she's or he has had enough. With this particular person, and we can speak generally, are you holding up one paper at a time? When we first start, one pencil at a time. I had um, customers in Champaign that they just couldn't decide if they would let go of a Bank of Illinois bottom part of a pen. No ink just that shell of a ballpoint pen. And they just couldn't decide. And her husband would come in and she'd say, what do you think? Should should we let it go? And he'd say, I don't know. And then, because I'm getting paid by the hour, I want to be productive. I've built up their trust and I never do anything behind their back. And I say, 
I'll decide for you. It's gone. And then I put it in the big garbage bag. And I said, are you guys okay? And they'd say, yes. Okay, so sometimes they need that push. Yeah, they do. But I don't do it the first couple of days, you know. Yeah. I got to build the trust that I'm not going to sneak something away from them that they don't need. In that particular instance, did they both have a problem? The yes. man and the woman? Yes. I would think one person would always be the stable one. But do you not particularly they just get used to that way of life. Okay. With their spouse. So one kind of leads and one follows. Yes. And a lot of it comes from not all of it, but a lot of it if their parents were hoarders. Jeez. They follow in those footsteps. Okay. How many clients do you have at a time usually? I try to work with one person at a time, which I am right now. And um you know, you've just got to go slow and steady. Okay. You rush them, then they get out of sorts. Okay. Have you ever had someone get super upset or react poorly to having to throw someone away? I had a gal in Monticello, and um, all her basement items were upstairs because of a flood. And so she had way too many things, and it did bother her. But, you know, she did call, and I went out there, and she said, Karen, I'm not willing to give anything up. Mm. And I said, well, look at it this way. Mm -hmm. You are helping someone that doesn't have this piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, you have four blenders. So many families don't have any blenders. And I said, I promise you, that once you give up the first thing, it goes much easier. And she says, I don't believe you. Mm. And I said, you don't have to believe me, but let's try it. Mm-hmm. And it was magic. I really? mean, magic. And what we do is when she gives up the blender, I'm like, you did it. You did it, girl. You know, and it's true. I'm proud of them. And then. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. Usually, so not always. Like positive reinforcement. Motivation, positive reinforcement constantly. Yeah. Okay. Because what they're doing is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely a psychological disorder. Disorder. Mm-hmm. Do they recognize it within themselves? Usually, yeah. And they mm-hmm. can label it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can they be medicated for it? That I'm not an expert I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the psychiatrists, you know, do something, but I don't. And then the first meeting, they're so worked up that sometimes I don't do anything, but just talk to them and explain the process that we're going to throw out broken pens. Okay. So tell me the process. Is there a general formula you follow? Well, Donate, trash, give away, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's some people that love to donate. And then I'll say, you know, just like that blender, there's people that's never had a blender. And boy, they get into that. Mm. And there's some people that could care less. Really? They could care less. They'd rather keep those four blenders and not share it with the community. Interesting. Yes. So when you walk in, do you kind of assess how you're going to approach each... One of the first things that comes out of my mouth, which is kind of secret, but I, <laughs> I walk in and no matter what the condition is, 
I'm like, oh, please, I've seen so much worse. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've seen, oh, please, you know, this is nothing. Try to make them at ease and not feel weird. Because that first encounter is really important important and tough on the customer. Yeah. You know? And then what do you do after you've introduced, assessed, what's the next step? I ask them what their priorities are. Okay. Most of them don't have a bed to sleep on. I am shocked because this is like what you see on a TV show. People with hoarding tendencies love level spaces. You know, like your table, it's flat, it's level, and it would be up to your light. You know, and then they just keep piling it up. And then sometimes on the floor, but they like level spaces, uh, furniture, and a bed is a level place. Meaning to stack stuff. Pile and stack. And usually on the bed is a piece of clothing. And then it's one, two, three, and then 400. Okay. Do they like these level surfaces over tucking things away because they want to see everything? Because there's nowhere to tuck it. That's awful. And they like to see their stuff? They like to see their stuff, but they have no other choice, Mm. especially if they don't have a basement. It's right in front of them, and it comforts them. Wow. A lot of people, it comforts them. Okay. So let's just keep going to the next step. So now you assess. Yes. Then do you have a meeting to kind of go over your attack plan? Well, they always say, how many hours, Karen? How many hours? Oh, God. how, How much will I... Because you say you you paid by the hour. I do get paid by the hour. And um, I said, it all depends on you. If you're indecisive, it's going to be a lot longer. But if you can bam, 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 you know, donate, toss, donate, save, then it'll go a lot faster and we'll be much more productive. But the first few weeks, it's slow. (laughs) Really? And... I always tell my husband, I'm the most impatient person in America. But when it comes to people with hoarding tendencies, I've got all the patience. I don't know why, but it just, it works. Yeah. What's the longest client relationship you've had? I'd say six months. Six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you talk to the person, you kind of try to give them a timeline then do you go room by room? I get a tour of the house. Uh-huh. I want to see where our options are. And then I say, what room bothers you the most? Okay. And a lot of women say, oh, the kitchen. I want to cook again. Sure. I want to cook again. Sure. Which would be my last <laughs> Sure. I would say bathroom. <laughs> or bed. Bed. I said, I want you to sleep in a bed tonight. Comfortably, sure. Yeah, I really do. And then I always make the pitch about, you know, there's so many people that don't have 15 winter coats, mm. all the same color. Mm. You know, if we could just put the 15 coats on a couch and then say, keep five. Yeah. And then let's keep other people warm. Like I said, that yes, helps. That's a good but sometimes spin. they don't you care. Know, they don't care. <laughs> Okay, so you pick a priority area. She does, or he does, yeah. And you start there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you work on, most commonly, the kitchen first? No, usually I really encourage him to go to the bedroom. Yeah. Because I want him to sleep in a bed. Okay, so that's most often where you're going to start. And a lot of people with hoarding tendencies live in drive-thrus. There's no counter space in their kitchen. 
they which can't means cook. their lifestyle is even that further unhealthy. Right. Okay. Are these mostly single people? I've done married professors. I've done um, married couples. Are there kids in the home often or not? Uh, gosh, that's a good question. Not too many. They're that's usually older. Some are widows yeah. that's husband guarded that visa charge card sure. like crazy. And they unfortunately pass away. And then she's got a green light. Mm. You know, those decorative plates that are worth nothing. Mm. You know, they just go crazy and buy all those. I mean, Whitney with Champagne Estate Sales, she probably bought it for like 50 bucks and it sells for $2. Wow. You know, but they have that freedom of purchasing. Right. And they're trying to fill something up. Yes, they are. Okay. That's interesting. So not often with kids. That's kind of interesting. I've worked with kids. One of my friend's favorite stories is I walked into the children's bedroom. I said, where are all the clothes? And they said, oh, that's in another room. So I went in there and I said, where (laughs) where are the dressers? And she said, dressers. Oh, no. Dressers. It never dawned on her. All the clothes were on the floor for three little girls. Mm. So I went to... Lowe's and got those Rubbermaid three-drawer things. Sure, And the kids were so young, they couldn't read. So I take a Polaroid picture of pajamas and put that on the drawer so they knew to put the pajamas in the drawer. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But it never dawned on the mom to buy dressers. So some people just weren't taught. No, they weren't. (sighs) Okay. Okay, so we're in our room. There's stuff everywhere. We're in the bedroom. We're trying to clear the bed. How do we attack? What we do is take something that's very non-important. You know, we're not going to take her mother's cookbook. Okay. You know, if she has five wooden spoons. Sure. Let's cut two of them out. Okay. We have beautiful background music. (laughs) Karen's lovely ring. Yellowstone. (laughs) Love Yellowstone. (laughs) It's a mid-season break, so we're pretty sad around here. Yeah, we're, yeah, I know. I love it. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. Um, so we take something that's not really vital, and okay. then she has multiple. So, um, Oh, it's her daughter, Lindsay. Shout out, Lindsay, if you're listening. Do you want to grab it? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk to her, but not right okay. now. But, um, so we search something like that, and then... Heave on the praise. Oh, okay. Oh, people are going to use this for soups. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have this. Okay. And then, you know, we work our way up to the five um, toaster oven things that they have that take so much room on their countertop. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, we end up working on that. And I did a kitchen with a customer that her countertops were cleared. Oh, my gosh. And... She cried. <gasps> she just cried because she was a country gal. Yeah. And she loved to make bread and, you know, do all these bakery dishes that she just loved. And she just couldn't believe it. Those kitchen appliances, they're a beast. They are. Yeah. Especially if you have five of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh she thinks one's going to break. So then she's got four backups. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are we putting these things into three piles? donate, trash, 
and keep? Yes, usually that's how we do it. Yeah. Just really simplify it? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And you said if something's broken, it's, it's gone. gone. It's gone. Stained, rips, let it go. Or dangerous. Or dangerous. You know, like a, yeah, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I say that's my job. Yeah, yeah. Because you, know? you want them to be safe. I want you to be safe. Okay. Yeah. Are people overbuying? And that's oh, a big yes. problem. And they're overbuying and they don't give anything away. Mm. So it just, you know, duplicates sure. and duplicates and then duplicates. They don't give anything away. And so when I see five bags of outdated flour, I'm like, I'm not budging on this. It's got to go. You know, but this is after being there right. a few times. You'll you know. start to assert your authority. Exactly. Gradually. You've... Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let me back up this shopping buying. Do you believe in a one in, one out? If I buy a new pair of jeans, do I have to get rid of one? No, I don't believe that. Okay. That's yeah. too black and white. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's too hard. Okay. Important papers. Mm-hmm. People that have stacks of papers, you have to go through sheet by sheet by sheet. If it's a pile of receipts, uh, old receipts. No. Yeah. I pitched old receipts, taxes, seven years, utility bills, four, and then the rest are shredded. Okay. Do you bring your own shredder? Yes. People who have hoarding tendencies don't have shredders. Okay. Why do you think it's professors a lot of the time? Is it a left brain, right brain, and they're just too consumed? I think... And this is just my humble opinion. Sure. Is they start out as school teachers and their budgets are so low that they get in the habit of saving everything because they might need it for next year. Um, like the toilet paper sure. rolls, you know, in, for kindergarten teachers and brown bottles. I think some of it starts there, low budgets, and they want to make sure they have enough for their students. Mm. And then a lot of professors write a lot of papers. Yeah. I mean, instead of just storing it in their computer, they want the physical paper. Mm. So one thing I do, and your audience might do this, is like my grandkids bring home Mm. so many pieces of artwork. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell the parent, take a picture of it. Yeah. You know, and then you can let it go. Great idea. The kid doesn't have to see you throw it away, but say, mommy's going to take a picture of this and we'll always have it. Great idea. Yeah. Because some young moms just have stacks and stacks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Okay. Can you tell me about the worst scenario you've ever seen? We talked about your first scenario. Yeah. Is there, was that the worst or is there a worst? Wow. Has there ever been a time where you had to say, I can't do this? No. Unless it's I won't leave them. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's it's my safety or my health, I won't do it. But I always find resources for them. I don't leave them high and dry. You know, if there's dog feces everywhere, I'm not going to deal with that. But I'm going to find somebody that will. Okay. Yeah, and help them. If they're willing. Because once... I gain their trust. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference. Yeah. I don't come in and, you know, shove the doors open and say, that's got to go. That's got to go. You're not going to live with this anymore. Right. That's just the wrong way to approach it. Okay. You're- Slow and steady and build up trust. Okay. Do you remember the worst scenario you've ever seen or the worst 
thing you've found? Oh. <laughs> no. I mean, you're probably getting more personal than their partners would ever see. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll think about that. One of the best things we found was um, the husband's gold wedding ring. And they were so elated. It'd been gone 10 years. Oh, my God. He didn't replace it, and we found it. And they were just thrilled about that. But I think the hardest was um, a couple in Champagne with the ballpoint pen. Mm. Um, they had a different lifestyle than most. Mm-hmm. And they tied their hoarding to their religion. Oh, that is fascinating. And, you know, you do not want to mess with someone's personal religion, but I do want to mess with somebody's safety. Mm. And their house was indescribable, mm. you know? And they're not bad people. They're great people, but they just have a disorder. Were you able to get them to a livable place? I did. You did? Yes. I've had some that, you know, like, the woman at Eastern, I was there six months and you could hardly tell I had a dent. And she was just burnt out. Oh my gosh. You know, that's a lot of pressure on her. The aftercare resources, let's say for this particular couple you're talking about, do you check back in? Do they check back in? Do you refer them anywhere? I do not check back in because of the level of embarrassment in case they feel they've let me down. Mm. So what my responsibility is, is to teach them skills to maintain Mm -hmm. organization. So when I'm there, I mean, it really matters what I teach them. I don't go back and check on them because it could be awkward for them. And I always say, call me if you need a, you know, a touch up, call me. Have you had repeat offenders? They call you back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know a school district, uh, not Champaign-Urbana, but the school district hired me wow. to organize a school teacher's classroom because she was the sweetest teacher in the world, but she had hoarding tendencies. So the school district hired me to go into her classroom. Unbelievable. On their dime. On their dime. And reorganize. And the school teacher was all for it. She was, I need help, Karen. Mm. I need help. She was so pleased with that. Then we started at her home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. This is hard for me to relate to because you've seen my house. And yes. I'm on the opposite end and I'll throw away anything and everything. Yes. To the point where my husband's like, where is that? I what know. happened to that? Yeah. So it's yes. interesting. Um, I have been in someone's home that I believe they were a hoarder. And um, it was also dirty. So what do you do about that after you've cleared the stuff away? Mm-hmm. Do you clean? Do you bring in a housekeeper? I, I have a cleaning crew that will come in. She pays or he pays them independently of me. Okay. And they know the situation. That, you know, this person has hoarding tendencies. Okay. And so they know it's not a quick vacuum and dust. Okay. Um, The joy, this new concept of touching everything to see if it brings you joy. The woman's name's escaping me. I know. Um, But she she is a almost obsessive compulsive and neat and tidy and organized. Right. Do you believe that's 
attainable and healthy? Where, where, where are we trying to get to? I here? think that's overboard for me. Okay. For the, the average person, the yeah. average Joe, I think that's too much. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about compromise. Yeah. And that's what I say. You work with me, I'll work with you. Okay. So you would rather have a hoarding client than an organizing client. Yes. I had a client that was too organized. She called me and said, I've got containers everywhere. I need to reorganize. And so I went to her house and I said, you're too organized. You have a a big container for red paper clips. You have a big container for yellow paper clips. Yeah, I love this. I said, you need to mix those up. She said, I don't know if I can. And I said, but if you want me to help you, that's what we need to do. Okay. Um, She'd have on her desk um, dishes for different size rubber bands. Wow. I mean, she couldn't move on her desk. She couldn't work on her desk Mm. because of all these categories that she had okay and but i don't see that very often so that's the other end there's got to be a healthy medium and marie kondo is who i was thinking of oh okay yeah where you touch everything and you have to say does this bring me joy then you get rid of it if it doesn't yeah so that's maybe the rubber band and paperclip side of things there you go okay all right so let's talk a little bit about if someone wanted your help what they can do and then tell me about the champagne estate sales what do oh, they do mm-hmm. and how to, uh, this is your daughter's company, but you are the founder. I am the founder, but she has quadrupled the business. <laughs> she puts me to shame. Um, uh, champagne estate sales, Whitney, my your youngest, daughter, okay. yes, she does more estate sales in the area than all the other estate sales combined. And what does that mean? Her business is so good that people He's, call her, she's number one. Someone passes away. Yes. Or moves. Or moves. Or downsizes. Okay, okay. Or and divorces. want to eliminate a large bulk of things. How does it differ from a garage sale? Well, um, you know, garage sales have a bike and some Tupperware and, <laughs> you know, you know that, that kind of thing. Sure. Some toys. Sure. Where a state sale has Thomasville furniture, mm. um, mid-century furniture that are high-end. Um, she will go in and see if there's enough to satisfy her customers. She has more than 10,000 followers on her Facebook page. Wow. And so she puts up the major inventory online. And then when people come in, they'll say, Whitney, where's the red couch? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that that really helps. I just went over and picked up a key for her yesterday and they are moving to Naples and they had I worked for their good friend and then they said you know call Karen and Whitney Pope Mm. well I don't do it anymore I mean I'll go in and price before the sale starts but she does it all and uh, you know so it's word of mouth a lot of it's word of mouth and then it's Whitney's job to clear the entire house and it just takes so much stress off mm. the homeowner. Oh, sure. Because usually they're a little older. Sure, sure. And it's a very stressful to move from Illinois to Florida. Sure. Or to Thomasboro. And uh, Whitney uses salt and light habitat. Mm. Wonderful places that if some things don't. But she has a whole series of liquidators. Oh, okay. That, you know, oh, that couch didn't sell. We're shocked because she always sells all the furniture. Right. And they'll come in and buy it. She 
tries to squeeze every dime out of a sale for the customer. And then she takes a percentage of what she, she creates. She does. Okay. And depending on what's there, um, you know, it's flexible okay. on her commission. So that's champagne estate sales on Facebook would be the best yeah. way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Champagne estate sales. So while champagne estate sales is starting up and you're creating that 30 minute wonders is always in the background kind of yeah mm-hmm. one I, didn't come before the other um oh boy i think the estate sales came first okay because we had three kids in college and i thought i better step up and do my part <laughs> i was so fortunate that just you know i just kept gaining customers and customers wow. i was so grateful and like i said whitney is Put it at a new level yeah but um that came first and then like i told you before emily i get bored so quickly mm-hmm. and um with the estate sales whitney bought it from me okay and then i said i'm bored so i started organizing homes right you know and then it, the funny thing is in our neighborhood um our garage has you know junk in it all the time <laughs> My husband will leave the garage door open. I'll go, for God's sake, shut the garage this door. Is, People know what I do for a living. This is bad marketing for me. That is so funny. That is so funny. If someone needs your help yes. organizing or they have a serious problem and need cleaned yeah. out, how do they contact you? The hardest part uh-huh. of all that process yeah. in hoarding yeah. is making the phone call. Wow. And then um, when they call, I'll say, You've already hit the hardest part. Oh I say, gosh. what? I said, no, admitting that you want a little help. And it's just like with alcoholism or anything else. Yes. It's this first step, you it's know? It's the first step. That's a great comparison. Okay. Yeah. So how do they get a hold of you? Um, they just call me. At, okay. You know, my phone number. You want to give it out? 217-649-6160. Okay. And people literally... Just tell someone about you, and that's how they get. Yeah, it's been word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. I think there's more hoarders than we know. You have no idea. Okay, that you is have no idea. So interesting. And you'll do like garages. You know, I don't like doing yeah, garages. Yeah. I mean, the state sales we do garages, but that's a lot of heavy tires, and you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During this process, are you becoming friendly and learning about them? Or is it more of a uh, teacher-student relationship? Yeah. Once we have that trust, we're connected. Wow. And they see the progress we're making. And I always say, I'm not making the progress. You are. Mm. And they get a little of their self-esteem back. And a lot of women especially just want friends to come in their house. This is so sad. And have a cup of coffee. Yeah. We'll say that's your goal. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have your basement spick and span, but to have your golfing ladies come in and have coffee and a coffee cake, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. And that motivates them. The particular situation I was in where I was witness to this, the person would look at the things that we threw out and regret that. Right. And want to pull them back in the home. Right. Yeah. Because it caused so much anxiety. Yeah, that's where I get a little tougher. It's oh, like, uh-uh, really? let, we got to let it go. This is not the first day, second day, or third day, but it's like, nope, 
We got to let it go. You made a decision. I didn't. Yeah. And you got to stick with that decision or we'll get nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you do have to be tough. And I don't recommend friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you'd be a great organizer, you mm-hmm. know, for your friends mm-hmm. and the community. But for people with hoarding tendencies, I don't recommend that. Okay. The issues are too deep. Okay. Interesting. And you could lose your friendship. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Is there anything you think I've missed? But this is interesting topic. It really is. When I tell people I work with people with hoarding tendencies, they are all over it because they're so curious. Yes. You know, they haven't been into a hoarder's because it's a oh. hidden, dirty secret, and that's what's fascinating. It is. And that's why I say, no judgment. Yeah. I don't care what your house looks like. Right. I care about helping you. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know? They can present themselves one way outside of their home, and it's a whole Absolutely. other situation. Yeah. You're exactly right. Okay. Well, anything else we need to know that you think I missed? You think we got it? I think we got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, call her if you need her. <laughs> No judgment. Yes, no judgment. And she is seems like a gentle soul. So I think it, you'd be a great helping hand. I really Aww, do. Oh, thanks. Anyway. And Whitney, too. Oh, she's she's a doer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you have an estate sale, you need organized, call Whitney Pope or look her up on Facebook. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. However your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye!